Uh, we're on our fourth episode, and today we're going to be talking about The Sandwich Man, uh, an omnibus film uh, made of three parts uh, by three different directors. The three directors are Hu Xiaoshen, uh, Tseng Chuangxiang, and Wan Ren. I hope I'm pronouncing that more or less in a way that, that's comprehensible. Um, I understand that it, it was not the first of this omnibus film and that uh, this new uh, stage uh, in Taiwanese uh, cinema was also accompanied uh, by another uh, portmanteau film of which the directors included Edward Yang and that uh, that other film uh, had come uh, first. Do you know the title of this film? In Our, in our Time in is our the time. Edward Yang one. I, I loved the first episode mm. uh, uh, directed by uh, Hu Shashen. My, my, my son's big dolls. And what were the second and third episodes called? I know the last one is called The Taste of Apples. but what's The, the, the second one was, was called Vic's Hat. Vic's Hat. So they're all based on short stories by Huang Chongmin. Um, all of them set between, I think the earliest one is set in 1962 and the latest set in 1969. So they're all set during the Cold War era and all set during a period when America is sort of heavily, heavily involved in in supporting Taiwan and you know Taiwan is starting to industrialize and, and urbanize and so on. So that that's the kind of background. Um, and then you, yeah, you have these three films, three different directors from the same source material with scripts by the same scriptwriter. And so it's very interesting to, interesting to see um, the different quality which the different directors bring to that. I think different levels of quality. Yes, there are continuities. Uh, amongst the films uh, in a way um, that is um, not so common uh, uh, amongst, uh, you know, this type of, um, of cinema. So, you know, they're all about um, working class people. Um, they're all uh, about people who are in want and need of money and jobs uh, and who are having lots of problems, you know, getting by. Um, there are almost kind of, you know, these concerns with children and being able to have children and having children, how to feed them. And yeah, it is um, like many films uh, that we've been seeing recently about cultures in transition, uh, which is, I think, you know, very interesting. I mean, you know, um, one, one could see the uh, sandwich man as almost medieval. Yeah, like, I mean, not in um, a material sense. I mean, obviously, you see bicycles and, you know, you see cars. Um, but in the sense of people on subsistence living, yeah, that kind of, you know, they're, they're really just getting enough to get by, you know, uh, there's not even tea at the home. They're relying on rice being given by the church. Yeah. And I think, you know, at the end, in the last episode, in The Taste of Apples, I mean, people basically win a fortune and you know, their whole life is, is transformed. So um, there are kind of interesting themes. I was, I was very interested in um, an article that I read that says that almost every new wave movement 
was announced by Portmanteau Films. Yeah, so, you know, in Italy, uh, you know, there, there was uh, one with Vesica and, uh, you know, uh, well, there were many, actually, from the late 40s, you know, to the early 60s, uh, that a similar thing happened uh, in the Czech New Wave, in the French New Wave, and that this is another instance in which, you know, a new type of cinema is announced by, you know, bringing together kind of major directors, directors of a particular time. Interesting, um, yeah. Yeah, which actually kind of, it, it convinced me, it made, it made sense to me. Um, so, um, shall we begin with uh, The Sandwich Man? Yeah, or do, well, do you want to take the second two films first and then we can talk in more detail right. about yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Hoshia Shamble? That's perhaps the best way to do it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so let's begin with my least favorite. My least favorite is the one about the pressure cooker. What's it called? Vic's Hat. Vic's Hat. The reason why I hate that episode <laughs> so, is because I think it's incredibly dishonest. You know, I mean, I remember when I was a child. So I was born the year, I was born in 62. So are we clear on when the second episode was, was filmed? Are we given a date? We are. I, th I, can't, I think it... I, if I recall correctly, the first one is 62, the second the second one is 65, and the third one is 69, so, something like that. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I remember in my village in Spain, everybody going crazy over the pressure cooker. The pressure cooker was like washing machines at a certain point. It was like this, you know, l uh, uh, um, uh, labor-saving device, yeah, that kind of every housewife longed for, right? Um, and of course... They're, 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 they were perceived to require care, right? Um, and, uh, uh, but, you know, the way that this uh, film makes it look is that they're completely unstable missiles, right? Which is absurd, right? There's not one cooked meal without pressure cooker that turns out right, you know? So I, I didn't like that. And then I thought it was so punitive at the end to its protagonist you know, that I thought that was nasty. Then there was the whole incident with his colleague falling in love, basically, with a, with a what, a 10-year-old in a way that seems incredibly it, creepy. I, I just found that very... So, yeah, basically this girl, Vic, wearing a hat of the title, turns up on the first evening in this town and she keeps hanging around it and, it, and it's... Um, I interpreted it the same way you did, that he was being... He kind of essentially fallen in love and got obsessed with this girl. Maybe that's not how you're supposed to interpret this, but that's certainly how it came across. Well, it's very odd. Very it's very odd. difficult to interpret otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he basically has a crush on her. Uh, he's courting her. I mean, it's not overtly sexual, but, you know, he's in love with her. There's no other way of, of putting it, you know? Yeah, he's giving her gifts and her she gives it back because her father says you mustn't accept gifts from strange men. So, you know, her father is correct there, you know. Um, and yeah, it, it, it does just seem a bit, a bit odd. I couldn't, yeah, as you say, I, that's, that, that was certainly my interpretation of it. And I, yeah, the whole thing was, was strange. Yes. Um, so thumbs down for that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now let's go to the taste of apples because I really love the taste of apples, you know. Um, so it, it, it reminded me of, 
um, you know, Spanish films that have this black sense of humor, you know, that comes from like, uh, they call it a esperpento, which is like this tragic sense of life. That I, life is so crappy, you know, uh, that all you can do is try to get by and laugh at all the shit it throws at you. And you really get a sense of, of that in this film, right? So the only way this man <laughs> is going to get any money in his life is really, yeah, by being run over by a car. <laughs> yeah, and he's lucky because instead of getting a few uh, uh, bags of rice, which is what he would normally have been allotted, right? They're Americans. They're really rich. They have big cars. They work for the embassy, right? So you know they get this huge payout at the end that transforms their life and and turns them into middle class respectability and sends their deaf daughter to school in America, as, as you see in the final picture. So, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I, really, I really loved it. I mean, it was, it was very, very funny. They, as you say, it's the contrast between this sort of very poor conditions they're living in, in, in this kind of essentially shanty town. And, and uh, you, you, I mean, interesting, you see the bit where the, where, the two Ameri- where the American guy and the policeman are walking through that, that kind of shanty town type area. And you see in the distance the tower blocks being built. Yes. And he's saying, yeah, they're going to move all these people to there and they, they're going to build a tower block here. And that's the kind of city that we saw in the um, in the earlier Hoshia Shan films, really, yeah. is, the, is, is, is Taipei, this this modern city. Um, and yeah, then they, they take the the husband to hospital, the American hospital, with the and the wife and all the kids go. And yes, yeah, essentially, it's like, you know, oh wow, this is this is great because we're going to get all the, and they get given all this money, they give them, give them a load of food. Um, but then you, I mean, you, you know, you then see the you know, the final photos, as you say, shows them westernized, but essentially they've 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 kind of got the money, but they've lost their culture and they and they've they've basically lost their daughter because she's she's now in the states. Um, well, I don't know so. about that. I mean, I, I'm sure it would be read as an opportunity after all. You know, the child will learn to sign and and so on. Um, so. Um, I, I love the humor of it. Uh, so, you know, this family that does live in a shanty town that I saw this documentary once about cities that people had lived underneath Manila, right? So, you know, because they couldn't afford any housing, they basically like build their own housing in the sewers, right? Uh, and this looked a little bit like that. Yeah, it was like so, so bare and dark and dank and, you know, mud, basically. Um, and it's so wonderful when you know um, the kids. So one of the one of the, they they have no money. So one of the daughters is about to sold to be sold off. Yeah, uh, you're told that presumably sold off in marriage, but who knows, <laughs> right? Uh, they can't pay for you know the children's schools, so they're going to be kicked out of school soon, etc. So you know after the accident this huge american car comes to pick them up and they are just in heaven right and show, showing off to their friends at the car and then they go into the american hospital and they can't believe all the white sofas and they keep jumping from one to the other and they're just so delighted by the furnishings and and then they um, go to the um, bathroom <laughs> i mean the same with the two the two little twin boys go to the go to the bathroom and they're sort of you know, one of those like leaping between all the urinals, so he yes. like pisses in every urinal. <laughs> he, he, he wants to test the, them all out. <laughs> film, film from the back. It's all it's all very very um, very sweet. And then they then they're playing with the toilet paper. But then of course the the mother and the older daughter go into the men's the men's room. bathroom because they can't because the signage is in English. They can't read it. 
and an American man walks in and it's like, oh, and, and you know, you're not showing what's going on in there, but it, it's they're clearly trying to work out how the toilets operate. And, and yeah, it's, it's just really, 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 really funny. And, and uh, as you say, their reaction to their the husband having been hit by a car, it's just like, oh, how long have we got to stay here? He's going to die soon and all this kind of stuff. They're just like, you know. There are a couple of things. So, you know, what's wonderful about it is, you know, that, that central message that the only way this poor family is going to get the taste of apples is, you know, at the risk of their life, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, I, there are many things that I didn't like about it, right? Like, you know, so in comparison to the Hu Shen film, like, the acting is a bit coarse, yeah? Like, you know, particularly the mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very, the whole thing's very broad. Yeah. So, yeah. It's broad... But not, yeah, not skilled broad, like not stylized. Yeah, it's almost like the tone and the performance haven't been matched properly. Um, I hated all the American actors, right? I mean, the least charismatic bunch. Yeah, I mean, I, I wondered, um, because clearly they're, yeah, they're filming this in in Taiwan in, in the early 80s on not a huge budget, what kind of access would they have had to American actors? Is this like, I mean, I know in some of the, like the Yosef Shaheen films that have like American characters or English characters or whatever, you often see a, you know, it's, it's a, an actor who's clearly been dubbed later on. Mm. So they, you know, they've just got someone on set who can go through the motions and then they find an American actor who can do the voice later on. Mm. So that might be part of the problem. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, they weren't great. Yeah. Um, and visually it's, it's not as interesting as uh, the Hu Shaoshen film. Um, what is interesting is that um, The Taste of Apple was the most controversial of the three episodes, uh, and I'm quoting here, due to its less than favorable depiction of everyday reality in Taiwan. So, uh, more specifically, officials took offense at the episode's humorous but intrinsic take on the, on the laborer was monetarily enriched after running with an American's car. So, um, you know, the, the, the censors had, uh, and the government had misgivings about, you know, what this was saying about Taiwan and how it would affect their relationships with the U.S. At the point the film was set, the Americans were in Taiwan because they were recognizing Taiwan as, as yes. the government of China. By the time the film was made, the Americans were acknowledging the existence of Taiwan, but recognizing the People's Republic of China as the government of China. Yeah. So, the, so that's, the, that's the relationship thing. There's a big picture of uh, Richard Nixon uh, in um, what, one of the sets that you see. I forget whether it's the office of somebody. It was, or... Yeah, it's the embassy, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe in the, maybe in the uh, in hospital, yeah. So, um, so I think, you know, it's interesting that this was the episode that caused the greatest contention. Uh, there, were there was talk about censorship, uh, but they didn't censor it. Uh, a little bit of context that I also gathered was uh, following from what you were saying, you know, about uh, uh, when Mao Zedong won uh, and, um, you know, Chiang Kai-shek and uh, uh, his officials and uh, so on moved uh, to what was then called Formosa, yeah, which I kind of it registered with me because I remember having stamps with Formosa, of Formosa, but not realizing that Formosa is now Taiwan. Um, 
But ostensibly, it created a two-tiered system where all this new influx of mandarins and, you know, politicians and, you know, uh, uh, ruled over, you know, the native population. And by native, I mean it loosely. I mean also, you know, immigrants from China that had moved in 100 years before and whatever, right? Um, and they got all the jobs, they got all the government contracts, yeah, and so on. So, so it was like, you know, it, it was really an oppressive situation where this one particular group of people that had come in very late then had control over all the purse strings. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of, you know, uh, uh, an, an interesting uh, bit of information to have. One final thing to say about uh -huh. Taste of Apples is the director of that, so, uh, Yan Wen, immediately afterwards made a film which was written by Ho Shan Shan, which I've yes. not been able to track down, but that, that's an interesting, uh, because it's clear that that's the interesting thing about the, the, the relationship between these filmmakers. They were all kind of writing each other's films or acting each other's films and, and so Yes, on, so. though what I also learned is that there were discrepancies. So unlike Edward Yang, who um, you know clearly came from a very well-to-do fam family and went to study film at Columbia, you know, and then returned to make films in Taiwan, Hu Shaoshan is obviously from a more, much more modest uh, uh, background, and he had to learn, he had to enter the film business in the usual way, from the bottom up, right? Um, so, you know, uh, uh, um, he was an assistant, and, you know, then he became an assistant director, and then he became a screenwriter, yeah, and so on and so forth. So I thought that was also kind of interesting, because you see the background in the films, I mean... All the films that we've seen so far are, um, well, that's not true. I mean, the co the romantic comedies are not like this, actually. Um, but, you know, you, you get a real feel for working people, uh, certainly in The Sandwich Man, uh, that is kind of interesting and unusual. I understand it was also filmed in the local dialect, yeah, you know, rather than in Mandarin. Um, so, you know, that's also interesting. And from the first shot, it's arresting. You already, the first shot alone has a much more interesting, poetic kind of, uh, use of images than all of the other films. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, as I said at the start, this is what, what's fascinating is you've got three short films made from essentially similar source material and it's the Ho Shan one that really goes somewhere very interesting and just the way the way it's made is the way it's filmed, the way it's shot, everything is just on another level. Yes. Um, and, you, you know, you sort of, uh, it, it would be interesting. I, I, I don't know whether you would, I think you would know even if you, even if you didn't have the caption before each film telling you who directed each one, you would know which one is made by the internationally renowned filmmaker and which one's Well, it's... now that you mention it, you know, I actually didn't realize that that first episode was made by Hu Xiaoshan because the name is spelled so differently yeah, at the beginning of the film um, that I read it as someone else, right? And, you know, I found, it, I found it really impressive. You know, you do get, like, a whole world uh, in this film. Um, so... Some people have compared it to the beginning of the film, to the beginning of Bicycle Thief, you know, and you could see, like, the influence of Italian neorealism in this film, actually. Yes, so this man is desperate for a job, you know, he gets a job, but in order to do the job, he's got to dress as a clown, 
Yeah, so in this one he tears up his sheets and in 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 Bicycle Thief he goes to hawk the sheets, right? Um so kind of, you know, you're 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 already in a different world of, you know, um I like the play with time where you sometimes are having a flashback, right? And often it's indicated by the voice, yeah, before the image, yeah. Um so this is a couple who wanted to have children but they couldn't afford children. He was almost pushing his wife to have an abortion or to do to take on this medicine that actually, you know, might hurt her. You know, they were so desperate and they can't afford a baby. Uh, the job is how he can, how they can have the baby. Um, the dynamic between the couple is one of, I don't know. A kind of affection, yeah. He he keeps running to her when things go well, yeah. But also a real traditional power imbalance where you know uh, he's the boss. Um, he's shown to be completely in love with his baby, which is kind of unusual actually to have men depicted that way. Um, you get the feeling, or you don't just get the feeling. You're told his family is embarrassed by him because he has to wear this clown costume. Right. Um, he beats himself up because, you know, it's not being very effective. He's wearing this this clown costume and the sandwich advertising the, the movie theater he works at. And you have these shots of these school children reading books and yeah, kind of not paying any attention to him whatsoever. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so it's very dispiriting. So one of the things you always hear about Taiwanese cinema, and I found it to be true of Edward Yang, who's the only other filmmaker. Uh, whose work I know, that the images are very flat. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, these wide angles and long takes and, you know, you get um, a very flat image. Uh, yeah, uh, this is not like that. Yeah, kind of, the, you know, I'm very conscious of frames within frames. I'm very conscious of, um, you know, the camera being at an angle, right? So you get depth of field. Right, and characters moving in and out of doorways through space. That was really noticeable in the, 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 the scenes in the couple's house where he's kind of got the camera at an angle at the side and they're on the kind of balcony and the wife's moving in and out of the house and then you see her through the window and it's all very interesting and, and kind of defines the, the space in a way that you don't get that, you know, if you compare it to you know, similar scenes in similar locations in, in The Taste of Apples, for instance, you just don't get that. No. Um, uh, no, I mean, you know, this is constantly interesting uh, to see. Um, and, and again, I, I found it amazing how much resonance you get. Yeah, so, you know, because it's a very compact film, but actually, you know quite a lot about this man. Yeah, kind of he's uneducated, he can't read, he can't write. He's got so few skills that he can't even, you know, drive a tricycle. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So his way of making a living is really quite limited, yeah? Uh, and clearly, his son is the biggest joy in his life, uh, even as he's abused, made fun of. You know, the film has an archetype of Hu Shaoshen shit joke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fourth film, Fourth shit joke. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to describe this one? So, so yeah, he he takes his clown costume off in order to go into a, a public loo and have a shit. 
So he goes in there just wearing his shorts. Um, and while he's in there, the, the local kids steal his clown costume and then reach into the window and steal his red nose and yes. <laughs> run off and are playing with it. And he's, he's kind of running it, has to run out mid shit and, and uh, get his clown costume back. And, it, and yeah, again, a bit like um, we talked about with um, uh, Green, Green and Grass. It's a shit joke, but it kind of, in this case, actually, it isn't, it isn't a joke. It's really tragic. And it is. It sort of it makes just shows how it's so so sad. And because and actually, you, a bit like, again, like Bicycle Thieves, you know that his livelihood at the that point on. relies on having this crappy clown costume. Yeah. And he said he's going to provide it himself. So if he loses it, he's got to buy a new one. Um, I so. love the touch of the ultimate indignity being, so they not only steal his clothes, which is left outside, Mm. But they steal his nose, which is put by the window ledge inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I really love the filmmaking. And I really loved um, the way that it feels poetic and real at the same time. Yeah, you get a real sense of milieu. He's wonderful with children. He shows these complex interactions between them and the society. Right. So you only get to see one uncle. Right. But you have a feeling that there's a whole network of family relations uh, in which no one has had extra rice to lend. Um, you see him with his employers. You see him with officialdom. You see him on the streets. Yeah, and there's always this thing in the film between the, 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 the public and the private, yeah, when he goes back home uh, to his wife. Um, yeah, and I, th I thought the stuff with the kids again. He directs kids really well, and and the, because it's basically this group of, you know, five or six young young boys who are kind of just running around, being naughty. But just the way it's filmed, and he, yeah, that when you first see them, they're all up in a tree, kind of just distributed around this tree, and while other stuff's going on, and then you you understand their dynamic and their dynamic versus him, and that they're this very they're they're just small kids, but they're a threat, and it's. It's just, yeah, really, really interesting in a way that the other two films aren't. Yes. Um, how would you interpret uh, The Sandwich Man? What, what do you think, you know, is its, its, its theme? It's interesting because it's kind of, you know, it's all about this guy see, doing whatever he can to provide, for, to provide for his child. And then he gets a better job. But then he realizes, then basically because the child doesn't recognize him without the makeup on until he goes back into the makeup. And so actually, I guess the message is the child's feelings are more important. Yeah, I, it's interesting because you, you do get a very sympathetic, understanding take of a subaltern person. Yeah, someone even below working class, right? So, you know, he's very ethical, right? Uh, so uh, at the end of the film, an uncle offers him a bicycle, a tricycle to buy at a very cheap price. You know, so he can move on and do a different kind of job and go, you know. Uh, but he decides, you know, to continue working at the cinema because working at the cinema is what enabled him to have a child and it wouldn't be right to leave them. So at the end of the film, he's riding a tricycle, but he's riding it for the cinema yeah, and being much more successful at it. Yeah. But then, you know, being a clown, which has been so despairing for him, yeah, uh, is something that yeah he's willing to do in a different light for the pleasure of his son. It's really lovely, I think. You know. Yeah, yeah. And the way it sort of ends on this freeze frame of like really long freeze frame actually of him having just put the makeup on and and, and looking up. It's just done 
yeah, the, the, basically the film should have ended at that point, and the, the other two, they, <laughs> well, they should have censored the other two. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very glad that we saw. Um, I'm, I'm really glad we saw them. I mean, again, you know, I was reading something that said, well, you know, um, people tend to overvalue the Sandwich Man and really neglect the other two films, but it is a film, right? So at the time it was made you know, you would have gone in and you would have sat through the whole three episodes. So, you know, there's an order to them. Uh, and we mentioned some of the rationale for that order, right? It covers the whole decade, beginning 62, then 65, then 69, right? Um, there are kind of, you know, shared concerns uh, with them. Uh, uh, you know, an audience would have would have seen them one, you know, after another, uh, and, tr and and come out of the cinema trying to make sense of the whole thing, not just this episode or that episode. So so I, I think it's right that it's difficult to dismiss, you know. Yeah, and, and, and the, I think the, um, yeah, the, at the time, you know, 1982, 83, when it came out, there, there's no reason why anyone would view one of those, one of those directors as more important than, than the other two. Um, the, it's only really the subsequent career that's, Gives you the, the, the tells you that I think. Well, I don't know about that because actually, you watch the Sandwich Man and you think this person, you know, has a control over film form that is not comparable to the others. <laughs> yeah, well, you think you think that probably, probably most of the audience came out of the cinema saying, "Where the fuck was Kenny B?" <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. On the other <laughs> hand, I also read that this new Taiwanese cinema found a space. Because actually the population of Taiwan was already more educated. So these films were aimed at a more educated, younger audience that, you know, would have been familiar with European art cinema and, you know, some of its norms. So, uh, yeah, and you, you wonder whether um, that kind of Taiwanese art cinema audience was suspicious of Ho Xiao Shen because he was known as the director of commercial films and the other two weren't. And well, wasn't and, 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 you know... Would that actually have turned people off? Actually, it's very interesting because, uh, you know, what? Uh, again, I, my memory's not very good and I was just reading idly, so I'm sorry that I can't quote names and so on properly. But I read that he had won a prize for, I think, the Green Green Grass of Home, right? And that's the only prize he ever got from, I don't know, what the Golden Lion Awards or, you know, the National Taiwanese Film Awards. I all these other highly acclaimed films that he did subsequently, you know, the won awards all over the world and festivals all over the world did not get the Golden Lion uh, or the Golden Dragon Prize or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, so I think yeah, it's interesting. 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 Yeah, the yeah. earlier films were 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 successful. They were popular and actually they were very well regarded in their time. Yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, but. You know, uh, this announces a change, and you can see it, right? Like, you know, he is operating, I think, at a, at a, at a different level uh, than even in Green Green Grass of Home. I, th I think that's right. Yeah, very, very, yeah. again, once again, he's advanced between the two films. So, yeah. Okay. Um, a last word on the film as a whole? Um, I have little to add, really. I think it, it's, it's worth an hour and 40 minutes of your time 
But if you've only got 35 minutes, the, the sandwich <laughs> man is really, really worth 35 minutes of your time. It's not one of the ones on Mubi, but but you can you can track it down. Yeah. Uh, with with subtitles. Um, and, and yeah, well, 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 well worth the look again to see this continued evolution. Yes, I would partly agree with Richard in the sense that I really think you should see it all. So whilst there's no question that uh, the first episode is, to my mind, superior, you know, this is a landmark film. It's a film that announced, you know, the Taiwanese new wave. And if nothing else, it's of great historical interest. So for that alone, you should uh, dig it out. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we are thinking aloud about films. Uh, bye-bye.